G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. The Christmas season is on us, and for lots of us, it's one of the busiest times of the year. It's a signal, isn't it, for multiple parties. For some, it's one of the most expensive times of the year. The credit card gets a workout. Most of us will say it's fun, and some have the privilege of a holiday. But with everything that is happening, we might ask, what are we celebrating at Christmas? What does it really mean for the Christian believer? Well, David Robertson is back with us. He's known as the We Flee, his popular blog site. He's now pastoring a Presbyterian church at Hamilton in Newcastle. David, a special welcome back to 2020. It is, and I'm the Grinch that stole Christmas. This is a grumpy Scotsman, so <laughs> you can, your, your listeners will uh, uh, they'll say, oh, dear me, dear me, you know, but let's see where we go with this. All I, think right. this I actually think this is a really important subject. Okay, all right, unless you're broke or homeless or ill or you're an outcast from your own family, and it might be your fault, it might be others, uh, but it is an eating, drinking, celebratory season for most people. What are your thoughts? Okay, so yeah, it is. And look, there's a lot of things that you rejoice in about Christmas. I, you know, if you say Christmas, people think of family. I, I have to say that as a Scotsman, even though I've been in Australia for four years and I now consider myself a fully fledged Scotsy, uh, I do have to say that um, it's just weird celebrating Christmas in the in the middle of summer. Um, uh, we were at a shopping centre in Newcastle uh, on Saturday and there was a bunch of men in Santa Claus outfits, you know, and the white furry hats. And, and the temperature was 40 degrees. So I'm going, come on, guys. I mean, it wasn't 40 degrees in, but, it, you know, you're thinking, what are you doing? You know, um, and the, the snow and the, the, you know, having the Christmas tree, which is a northern European winter evergreen. Um, uh, so it, it, it feels a bit weird. I think. From a Christian point of view, what I struggled with back in Scotland and also struggled with here was the sheer commercialism of it. But I have another uh, maybe thought for you. I think churches overdo it quite a lot at Christmas. I think churches stress themselves out. I think people go about how incredibly busy they are. And then you have a six-week holiday afterwards, you know, and everyone packs up for a month, you know. So it's a strange time to do outreach because what do you do when you make connections with people and, and, and all that kind of stuff? And I, I, I wonder, there's got to be something wrong if Christmas is the most stressful time of year. That, that, that for me, bothers me a little. Now, I've moved from uh, one extreme, maybe not to the other, but I grew up in a tradition which didn't celebrate Christmas at all. I mean, it wasn't just the Jehovah's Witnesses. A lot of uh, Scottish Presbyterians didn't. Um, I mean, that's changed now, but we still don't celebrate it as much as uh, we used to do New Year. Um, but I think it's a good thing to celebrate the birth of Christ. I, I, and I think it's uh, there are possibilities for outreach. But I do think that we need to rethink how we do it and we need to minimize 
quite a lot of the things that we do and chill out and actually have it so that we can actually enjoy Christmas. So I'll give you, you one you? example yep. as a general thing. Yeah, sorry, just one example. Um, you know, people who stress out about buying their kids big presents because you don't have the money, just don't. Don't teach your kids that that's what Christmas is about. Get them something small and make sure you do something fun on the day and make sure you're with them. You know, cut back. It's challenging, isn't it? And uh, people are, uh, I guess, interpreting what Christmas means for them. And it's not based on just what you or I say, but it's also on that family tradition that they've grown up in. And, uh, you know, whether it's snowing or whether we're having a heat wave, as we are in Australia, we adapt to the way we do Christmas. And Mm -hmm. in some sense, there's a religious dimension to Christmas. And for some, that might be an add-on to the party celebrations and I, when you say churches may be overdoing it, what do you mean by overdoing it? Well, just having too many events on um, and, and overstretching their workers, including their, their pastors. And, you know, I mean, I know one church, I mean, it's not fair to name it, but I know one church that decided they, they had a big Christmas event that was held, you know, in the open air and they were getting a thousand plus. It's a relatively small church. And as they were growing as a church, they decided, hang on, we're not going to do this anymore, uh, a Christmas carol thing, because they realized they were putting a lot of efforts into it and a lot of resources into it. And it was, yeah, it was like a big community party. And maybe that's a good thing, maybe. But they just realized it. they were cutting back on other stuff. And, you know, I, I think you need to sometimes look and say, what's the point of doing this? Is this, is this effective? Where is it going? So, I'll, I mean, I'll be going to a big Christmas event where there'll be several thousand people run by a local church here in Newcastle. It's not my church, but uh, we'll probably be going on Sunday. They do a great job in the park and good for them. <clears throat> but lots of churches can't do that. So I, I sometimes think to people, like this year in my own church, I said, all right, we have the advantage of Sunday is, is Christmas Eve. So, all right, that's your Christmas Eve story, your Sunday service. You have a short service on Christmas Day. And then I basically said, and that's it. That's all we're going to do. Be with your family, you know. For a lot of people, this is the only time of year they'll actually go to church. So yeah. you don't want the church to minimise too much because uh, for those uh, Christmas and Easter Christians, uh, at least there's some connection to the wider community that doesn't turn up on any other day. So I guess as a church, you've got to juggle those things, haven't you, as to whether you're uh, in some ways going to turn Christmas into an outreach orientation or just give everyone a rest. Well, you see, I I, I question that. So <clears throat> it is the case that, uh, again, I'm just going back to uh, a couple of decades ago that in my native country, you would have a Christmas Eve service with, you know, at midnight, the carols, and you'd get a 1,000 people coming to a church where you'd normally get a 100. So that was great. But then lots of people turned up drunk, um, and but the whole tradition more or less has just died. So I, I question whether that, how much that tradition goes on. I think in some traditions it does with people who've already got a religious connection. I think the other danger is we water it down so much that it doesn't become, you know, whether the council do a Christmas carol party or community or whatever winterville or whatever they call it does the church do any different and i think it's very interesting it's very hard to uh, was it spurgeon said <coughs> it's hard to attract a crowd when the when the only attraction is christ 
And when churches are saying, hey, we've got a bouncy castle and we're doing this and we're doing that. Again, I'm not objecting to any of that. But what I'm saying is don't feel bad if you can't do it. And maybe that's not what it's about. You know, maybe 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 one of the things that we as Christians need to get back is what is Christmas really about and who is Christmas really about? You know, and we singing a couple of carols the Sunday before Christmas. Really? You know, I, I like to start singing carols at the beginning of December because I think the carols are brilliant. That's one of my favorite bits of Christmas. Most of the carols are brilliant. Um, there's some that are rubbish, but basically most, <laughs> most of them are brilliant. And they teach great theology. They teach better theology than most sermons. So I, I'm, I love the carols. And I, and I do love the potential for outreach. And I mean, I meet people on the street here and I just say, you want to come to church on Sunday because, you know, it's Christmas and, hey, you're meant to be celebrating Christ's birthday. So it gives us lots of potential. But I, I just think we ourselves need to reflect on what it means. Ironically for me, as I get older, Christmas spiritually means more to me. And I actually do reflect on what the incarnation of Christ means. And I've been over the, I do this little video thing called Look with Luke. And believe it or not, I've just got up to Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And we're at the 40th study. So it's not exactly. <laughs> but it, it allows us to meditate on the coming of Christ into the world. And we've been doing that for nearly two months now. And I think Christians can do that. And I'm not really criticizing others. I'm just asking people to question what are we doing? Why we do it? Why do we get so stressed? How can we make it better? Um, how do we reach people? How do we glorify Christ at this time of year? You bring into focus whether the value of a Christmas celebration actually is on the day, the 25th of December, or whether it's actually the whole month in the leading up. And uh, yes, you can you can exhaust yourself by doing all of those things in the lead up, and then you've got church on Christmas Day. There's a certain sense in which, though, David, uh, if if the actual service itself and the focus on the real reason for the season, which might be the incarnation of Christ, if that's just a little add-on, if that's just a little sentimentalism that gets tacked on to all of the other parties for that day, perhaps we need to reinvent that. Is that along the lines of what you're saying? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I grew up, my uh, church, we didn't have a Christmas Day service. You know, um, my dad, when my dad and my mum, uh, Christmas wasn't a public holiday in Scotland uh, until fairly recently. Um, and so Sunday, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Sunday we would do the full works. But uh, in my own ministry, I introduced the Christmas Day service precisely for the reason that you're saying, because I didn't want the children to think that Christmas was just about a Christmas tree, a big lunch, the Queen's speech and above all presents. So what we did was we introduced a short Christmas Day service that people came, and a lot of people said, you're not opening your presents until we've gone and thank God for Christ. But laterally that changed. They opened the presents, they brought some of them to church, you know, and I would talk, we would talk to them. So I, 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 we found it was a very good family focus for people in the church. And to be honest, for people who weren't part of a nuclear family, but they were single or whatever, and they came together to be part of the church family. And indeed, People like my sister would have a meal. They didn't have a Christmas meal for themselves on Christmas Day. They did one for people who didn't have family and they held one in the church and, you know, maybe 30 people would come. And I thought that was a great thing to do. And then they would have their family celebration maybe the next day. 
Um, so I think there's there's lots that can be done. I'm actually a big fan of the Christmas Day service for reminding everybody that this is about Christ. And it's a great thing. You know, you've got your aunt coming, you've got your brother comes, he never goes to church, they're coming down for a Christmas meal. As a family, it's our tradition, we go to Christmas Day service, you're coming. You know, it's not even an invitation, you're coming. You're going to sit at my table, you're coming to church, you know. Um, and, and so even if someone's not that religious, uh, the yeah. incarnation as the central focus uh, this is a moment for people who are not particularly religious to actually appreciate the real reason for the season. The most, yeah. some will describe the incarnation as the most important event in human history. Uh, God embodied in the flesh. Uh, here he is, the saviour of the world has come to uh, to die for the sins of the world. There's a certain sense in which, yes, this is a very valuable time. So, being able to reinforce those values of the reincarnation. The Messiah has arrived. Uh, is this something that you think we ought to just somehow or re refresh, review and refresh? Yeah. So I, I do a thing every Sunday as part of a sermon. I do my question of the week. And my question of the week a week ago was, why doesn't God do something? And the answer is, he has. He sent Christ. This is what God has done. You're wondering, why doesn't God do something about Gaza? Why doesn't God do something about Ukraine? Why doesn't God do something about disease? Why doesn't God do something about suffering, etc.? And I'm saying he has, he sent Christ. I think I would say that not just God becoming Christ, becoming man, but also living a, as a man, his miracles and his teaching, absolutely his death. So I think the whole life of Christ is the pivotal point of human history because it's the time at which God answered that question. What are you going to do? This is what I'm going to do. And I think it's a brilliant, you know, uh, you, you, hey, it's a time, Christmas is a time of joy. And the real joy is because God has done something. And you're not saying quit Christmas. You're saying evaluate how you do this, because if it's just a empty sentimentalism, you may as well not do it. But if you're going to do it, actually get a focus on the real majestic reason for the season. Yeah, I'm not saying quit Christmas because I'm saying uh, I'm saying but what I am saying is quit the commercialism of it. What I am saying is quit the fanciful notion you have of a traditional Christmas that you think you remember, but never really happened. You know, you've seen it in a film. You've seen it. You know, it's you know, OK. I mean, for me, Christmas was watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or latterly Lord of the Rings, you know, it's, or it, apparently for some people it's watching Die Hard, you know. Or, yeah. I, I don't understand how Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But so for some people it's overindulgence, it's overeating, overdrinking, overbinging on films that you can watch at any time of the year anyway. And I'm saying, now rethink that one, but create your own traditions. Work out what's best for you, for your community, for your church that best celebrates the incoming of Christ into the world, allows you to connect with your family and allows you to connect with your community and allows you to connect with the poor around you. It's a great time to serve the poor as well. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the Grinch, you know, I'm not, oh, don't be bothered with Christmas. I'm not Scrooge. Um, and any of you who wants to give me a Christmas present, hey, go for it. I don't, I don't, I, I really, I'm very happy to receive all and any presents. But <laughs> I'm saying, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim 
in the light of his glory and grace. That's and we might give thanks to God that we do have a Christmas and Easter, a yeah, little bit like, uh, like the Old Testament feasts mm-hmm. that God implemented for his people to have times of celebration. And yeah. in some sense here, we've got Christmas, we've got Easter. These are times of celebration, times of feasting, uh, which we might contrast with times of fasting, but they create opportunities for us, don't they? So it's a matter of each one evaluating within your own family and each church evaluating in your own church how you're going to maximise the opportunity that you have because you have a Christmas season and an Easter season. A wonderful insights as always. And for listeners, David Robertson, he's known as The We Flea. You can go to theweflea.com. He's writing all sorts of great blog articles that will be challenging and provocative like the one we're talking about today. Uh, David also writes for newspapers, magazines. He's the author of a number of books. His latest book is called Seek, and you can connect with David at theweeflee.com. David, uh, the happiest and holiest of Christmases to you and your family. Thanks so much for another great update. Thanks for a great year on 2020. Yeah, and look, listen, celebrate Christmas. And as a Scotsman, I'd also say celebrate New Year. It's great. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.